That's okay, Doug. I need to work on my report anyway. I've only got a few pages written. Uh, how's yours going? Oh, I have a few pages. Cool, man. Well, I'll come by this weekend when I finish. Uh, see ya. The thing I didn't tell Skeeter was that my few pages were all blank. I decided I'd better get started. Silt, a report by Doug Funny. Silt is... It doesn't matter where you are, when they can load you and you are better off by far. Nickelodeon. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name is Joey. I'm Andrew. Buenos dias, boneheads. <laughs> it's Chris. Uh, welcome to episode 109. This is our write-in episode, Doug. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a tough one. At the end oh, of last episode, I, uh, <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to admit my uh, I'm going to admit that I was wrong here. Uh, at the end of the last episode, you predicted that you thought this might be tough, yeah. um, and I laughed it off. You, <laughs> you really laughed it off. Yeah, I thought Doug would be a very easy task, uh, and. We actually had two weeks to work on this one. We took a little break last week, uh, and it took me the full two weeks up until about two hours ago to actually get this thing worked out, uh, because Doug is impossible to write. I don't know how anybody did it. <laughs> it it's, I'm glad to say, I've, I've never had a problem with Doug the show. I have a problem with Doug the character, but rewatching Doug's in anticipation of this gives me an appreciation for the writing. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, yeah, nice. yeah. I should say that it's, um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. That it is a tough show to write, but they did a good job writing it. They did. Oh, yeah. They did do a good um, job writing. And uh, I'm gonna Some start of those Disney ones. Do you watch any? Yeah, ones? yeah. Even <laughs> I don't hate them. I think as much as everybody else, pretty much unanimously hates them. But uh, they're. Like a watered-down version of the Nickelodeon one, I feel like. Jim Jenkins has, I kind of spoke to this, he does agree that the Disney versions are not quite as good, um, and that he somewhat blames himself for it, because Mm. uh, he said, like, he kind of, once Disney took it over, he kind of became more lax and overseeing it, Mm. and uh, felt like he had just done a better job at Nickelodeon to make sure, like, his vision was kind of being worked out. Um, It must have been hard to care, cashing those paychecks. (laughs) (laughs) Duh, well, like, well, I think could it happened no, to the I, best of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, no, it happened. It literally happens only to the worst of us. To the best of us, we continue with well, our uncompromising <laughs> visions. <laughs> well, he had already made it like a hundred and eleven stories of Doug, <laughs> which were great, most of them. It's true. All right. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a hard cow to milk. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I got a quick uh, Clickstein fact here. Clickstein. Um, so I was interested to see if the book talked a little bit about the writing or how the show worked. Uh, after writing the episode, I became kind of fascinated with the people who would take on this. Um, and so one quote here is from one of the producers of the show, David Campbell. He said, the thing that sticks out the most for me as far as what made Jim Doug and Doug Jim, and this was really intrinsic to all the stories, was this crazy emotional extreme where he imagines the worst thing that could possibly happen to him and almost at the same time imagines the best thing that can happen. Mm. He actually manages it pretty well, like straight, even, calm, sweet, kind, gentle person that he is, which he is. 
but his inner emotional life has been much more there's been much more turmoil uh and then someone else on the show chimes in jim was always wanting doug to be a safe place for kids who were like him without blood or scary things like that nickelodeon was at the time trying to push the edges of what cartoons did so in some ways they didn't know what they had gotten into with doug I think it was a much gentler show than they wanted it to be. Hmm. Um, so kind of a couple interesting things there, I think. There's a lot on back there. Yeah. Um, I really like the idea of Doug kind of attack, uh, like the episodes attacking what could be the worst thing and then making it kind of a good thing. Yeah. That's definitely Doug's way. Totally <laughs> overblowing whatever's going on. Yes. Uh-huh. And in the yeah, and in the next moment imagining what it could be at its best and handling it with this like sweet naive <laughs> kind of personality that he's ultimately ready for either possibility. Yeah. Which is man, that that was well said. That was like uh Ken's corner. <laughs> uh yeah, Kenny's corner. Kenny's corner. <laughs> that that was Kenny-esque. That's like <laughs> Oh god. The Kenny stuff? He's so good, right? <laughs> It's like David Foster Wallace. <laughs> it's incredible. I, I love it so much. Like I I love Kenny, I loved your first Kenny's corner so much. Uh, keep doing it forever. Yeah, I'd love to have him on yeah. more frequently. Uh it's really carefully thought out and yeah, it's really good. Because uh, you could sound like a like a jerk doing that kind of thing where you're yes. like being very smart and like analyzing yeah. things and like a pretty authoritative kind of with an authoritative thrust, but uh, he did not. He he was very kind of uh, likable throughout doing it. Like he, I don't know, really think what he did was very hard. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't listen to the trouble with Teddy, our last episode, uh, just skip to like fifty-five minutes in, and you can hear Kenny's uh, Kenny's corner. That being uh, said, I don't believe. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with everything he says there, but yeah. I like it nonetheless. Did you Sorry. like uh, the trouble, with Teddy? Um, I did, and I rewatched it. Um, it's good for you. I all I can think of is, is I love that character yeah. so much. That yeah. that is, David Martell. David Martell. Yeah. My takeaway is that he is grossly underrated as an actor. That is. Yeah. Because that's such an easy role to overplay. Exactly. If you wanted to yeah. like a kid actor. The line delivery is exquisite at yeah. times. <laughs> it is just could not be better. It takes because even. The reason I rewatch it is like some of the lines that you guys recalled with such joy when you read them. I'm like, <laughs> I guess that's funny. That's yeah. kind of funny. But then I had to watch the episode and, and realize and how sublime they were. And really how he were. delivers it. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's so much more subtle than what probably they even intended yeah. the way he says them. Um, well, uh, there is a little bit of Nick news, and I would barely call it Nick news. I'm not even going to give it a uh, air horn. Uh, <laughs> the uh, w- so Walmart has announced that they're going to start producing uh, frozen Nickelodeon slime treats. Um, <laughs> these have become very popular online. So uh, one is kind of just a bar. It's a lemon lime bar, but it looks orange and like slimes kind of dripping mm. down it. And then they also have uh, like ice cream cups that kind of look white and slimy inside um and some people have reached out to ask what we think about it does that excite you at all uh not exactly the way you said it but the idea of (laughs) oh uh, the idea of like a a, like a nickelodeon uh goofy ice cream thing can be cool to me yeah and like we had that kind of thing like the gumball eye uh oh the ninja Ninja turtles Turtles. yeah yeah um yeah it's uh it's fine 
look kind of cool. What Can we expect to have them in your freezer? <laughs> uh, Maybe if I run across summer? them. You're a big summer guy. <laughs> True, I love summer. You know <laughs> if there's one thing that's been established on the show... Um, Let's see. It looks like you can pick up twelve cups of the throwback inspired ice cream for four six four dollars sixty seven cents, or purchase the twelve pops for two ninety seven. So hmm. very affordable. Yes. Um, yeah. The, and the problem is, I kept ordering them online, but they would be melted by the time they got there. <laughs> <laughs> How many boxes in are you? Well, I, I've thrown three away. Oh boy. <laughs> Well, let us know when you get a good one. Uh, so we are here to share our Doug stories. Oh, sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> You're not feeling confident? Oh, we should state that we purposely selected you because you've been pretty outspoken on the podcast about thinking Doug is, is not the best. Yeah. Well, definitely not the best character, but... Um, I, I mean, I need to be clear that my complaint <laughs> is not about Doug the show, it's about Doug the character. And Doug the show may be only insofar as that Doug the character is at its center. Hmm. I think there are a lot, everything peripheral about Doug. I think the last time I spoke on this podcast of Doug, I was complimenting <laughs> the way the weird noises yeah. uh, really add to the show. And I think make it, I think it's got a lot of the peripheral detail. It's just, I don't care for the main character, Doug. Hmm. Yeah, well. I disagree. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, okay. I respect it. Do um, you? Uh, yeah, I respect all of your opinions. Did you guys have any trouble write, writing? I mean, I said I, it took me weeks to do this one. Did you have any? Uh, go ahead. Um, I had trouble mostly like with the overarching idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. what is it going to be, and how do I do something that wasn't already done? Yeah. Uh, so that took me a while, but I did a little bit of a cheat when it comes to the story, so of course it made it a little easier. <laughs> Joey's pissed. Yeah. Joey's no, I'm eyes wondering, are red. I'm wondering what a cheat could be. You'll know as soon as I say the title of it, like what I mean by that. You did an ABC version of Doug. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's worse than <laughs> I purposely made it bad. <laughs> Is is uh, hand thump or whatever? What is a kid's name? What uh, fen truck? <laughs> hand thump? No, no, no. Like Doug's baby brother. Uh, a Skeeter's oh, baby brother? No, Doug. Tire, um, Doug gets a, a baby tire. brother. Oh. Tire something. Tire swing. Yeah, like <laughs> I know it was something similar to what I said. Hand thump. <laughs> hand thump. Uh, he's not in it. No. No. Parallel mm. universe? This is still crossover. in the Nickelodeon Doug era. Is it era. a crossover? Uh, no. It's, <laughs> okay. I, it's just a slight cheat. It's okay. not like a big, huge thing. It just gave me like a jumping off point that I think made it a little bit easier for me to... Mm. Okay. Um, how about you? Did you struggle? I had a whale of a time. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, truthfully, I didn't start until... 3.30 a.m. last, yes, this last morning. Yeah. Uh, I I had had this other writing obligation that really went to the wire, and I'd been holding out on doing this, and then I really wanted to dive in, but then I fell asleep, and then I woke up, and with mustering all my tenacity, I got to work trying to write this episode. So if it reads a little weird... Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a sleepy version of Doug. Yeah, that, that might be why. Not, not, not to make any excuses. I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. qualify. I think it's fine. 
It's, you got it's it. Totally fine. You, you just think it's fine? <laughs> it's uh, it's good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I want a little confidence. Yeah, that's good. All right. All right. Well, Joey, let's, are well, you going to answer your own question? I did, which is, yeah, it took me weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. It took him weeks. Um, you know, the reason I God, struggled. because be Well, no, it's not. But uh, I really wanted to go hard in a different direction on Doug. Like, I wanted mm-hmm. to do something kind of abrasive. With it resists it. I tried that too, and it came back to Doug's corny yep. normalness. It felt if it, it felt um, too inauthentic. It it didn't feel right, and um, why why bother then? So, I I think part of the fun of the challenge is can you write an episode that feels like it would maybe run? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm I'm a little worried about it. But, <laughs> but all right, you know, well, so uh, what's your title? Mine, I'll tell you. Go into some explanation, but mine is called Doug Rocks Out. Hmm. Do you okay. understand what I'm doing here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, are the beats going on? It's kind of a continuation, but not of not of Doug Rocks, but of Doug's Garage Band. But oh. I liked the name better this way, so. Okay. Well, okay. No, I like it. So no one's confused yet, so that's a good start. <laughs> Doug racks out, but it's a continuation of Doug's garage band. So it's like a part, I mean, like, you know. A part two? There's, a, there's some throwback to Doug's garage band has to exist before this episode came. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. You ready? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Dear Journal, (laughs) the camera pans around an idyllic Bluffington and lands on Doug in Porkchop's sunbathing out back as Doug narrates, Have you ever had one of those perfect summer days when the temperature is just right and the only thing there is to do is sip lemonade? But he's interrupted when he hears a pounding coming from the front yard. He reluctantly gets up to see who it is while Porkchop pulls out a tanning reflector from his igloo and soaks in the sun's rays. When Doug steps around the side of the house, he finds Skeeter and BB angrily banging at the door. Oh, hey, Doug, Skeeter says. Hey, guys, Doug says. What are you doing here? BB grins and shouts, we're getting the band back together. (laughs) There's a close-up on Doug's face dropping. And with a foreboding guitar twang, the credits roll. (laughs) (laughs) What? No, Doug whines. Wait, so it went to the Doug title card? Yeah, yeah. This is after the credits. (laughs) Doug rocks out. Uh, BB explains that there's a big battle of the bands coming at the county fair, and she wants to win to convince her parents she has a future in the music industry. Plus, she says... The winners get a contract with a real talent agency. Come on, Doug, Skeeter pleads. You're the glue that holds this band together. We need you. After a moment, Doug relents. All right. When's the contest? Saturday, BB says. That's only six days from now, Doug moans. We'll never be good enough by then. But BB persists, and Doug finally agrees to help them round up the rest of the band. One by one, the band is assembled. <laughs> and they all head to the fairgrounds. But as they're signing up for the Battle of the Vans, they run into Roger and his gang. Roger assures Doug that Roger, Klotz, and the Ulcers are going to wipe the floor (laughs) (laughs) with Doug's garage band. (laughs) With a new determination, the band heads back to Doug's garage and starts practicing banging on a trash can. But everyone, including Doug, is rustier than he expected. So he decides that the best course of action is to write a new song. The band spends the rest of the 
rest of the day trying to come up with something, but the second song proves a lot harder to write than the first. Before long, they devolve into factions over which musical direction to take, and after a couple days failing to get it together, Doug comes home and laments to Porkchop that they'll never be ready in time. Porkchop's imitation of Mr. Dink as a mad scientist inspires him to enlist his neighbor's aid. Um, and I was going to mention, I, I think we might have mentioned this before, but I just came across it again, that Mr. Dink's name stands for Double Income No Kids. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. It's really clever. Yeah. yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. Bud, oh. Bud and Tippy Dink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when the band shows up at Doug's garage the next day, he and Mr. Dink are already waiting for them. Doug quiets their arguing and unveils Mr. Dink's secret weapon, the Musictron 5000, a machine programmed to write hit songs. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. Mr. Dink turns the machine on and everyone waits anxiously for it to create their masterpiece. But that by the time it finishes, the sun has gone down and they've lost another day. The machine spits out a stack of paper and Doug picks up the top sheet and reads the song title, Symphony, Symphony of Pear 38. Well, We've only got three days left, he says. I figure we'll have two days to learn the song and one to polish it up. Uh, in Doug's uh, typical, um, I think, like, thinking things are going to work out easier than they actually are. Yeah. So over the course of the next 48 hours, the band frantically rehearses, doing their best not to get sidetracked, but it's still no use. In spite of how much effort they put in, they don't sound much better than when they started. Then... The night before the competition, just as it looks as if all hope is lost, something happens. All five drummers, the guitarists, and the alpenhornists all manage to get in sync, and the song they produce is better than anyone ever expected. <laughs> the next day, at the Battle of the Bands, Doug's garage band looks on as Roger Klotz and the Ulcers thrash around the stage <laughs> playing Bluffing Ton. <laughs> <laughs> The crowd cheers, and as Roger climbs off the stage, he says, Beat that funny. <laughs> Doug's Do we, are we going to find out the name of their new song? Uh, it's, yeah. It's, uh, oh, I missed it. That was it. The computer came up with the name. It's so, a... it was not my um Symphony of Pear 38. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay. Not my finest, but I couldn't <laughs> come up with anything better. Um... Doug's worried about recreating the magic that happened the night before, but the band readies themselves and they walk out onto the stage. A wrong note from the Alpenhorn gets them off to a rocky start, but they soon find their groove and their performance of Symphony of Pear 38 is met with wild applause. <laughs> when they finish playing and walk backstage, Jimmy, Sp Jimmy Spackle is yes, runs Jimmy up Spackle. to Spackle and he gushes over their song. They're eschewing for the contract, he says. There's no chance they could lose the second round. Second round, oh, Doug no. says. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Speckle says. Just one more song, no problem. But we can only play one song, Doug says. Jimmy tells them, well, in that case, I'm sorry, but the show must go on. We'll have to give it to the runners-up. Yes, Roger shouts. I told you we'd cream you funny. We're going to be rich and famous, all thanks to you losers. <laughs> Doug's garage band dejectedly watch as Roger's band takes the stage again and wails through another hit, <laughs> Maximum Clots. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At the end of the song, Jimmy walks out on stage and presents Roger and the Ulcers with a talent contract, which they happily sign. 
The next day, as Doug is tiredly mowing the lawn, Skeeter runs up and interrupts him. No way, Skeet. I'm not coming back to the band, Doug says. You guys can play without me. No, man, Skeeter says. I just came to tell you, we dodged a freight train. What are you talking about, Skeet? Doug asks. Bibi's cousin found out more about that contract, Skeeter tells him. It turns out Roger Klotz and the Ulcers agreed to play 52 shows touring the county fair circuit. <laughs> By the time they get back, summer break will be over. <laughs> Doug and Skeeter look at each other for a moment and break into laughter. And the camera fades to Roger Klotz and the Ulcers sweating in the hot sun as they play Bluffing Ton for a crowd <laughs> of angry fairgoers. <laughs> oh! That's really good. It really stuck the landing there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was that song called? Uh, Maximum Clots. <laughs> Maximum Clots. How could you forget? Yeah, that's an incredible title. <laughs> Maximum Clots is... I mean, even the Ulcer's band name is... Well, that I didn't come up with. That was a, if you remember, is uh, mentioned in an earlier episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang. Well... And also the Bluffing Ton song was uh, from... An earlier episode. Well, yeah. of the three, uh, maximum clots yeah. is uh, is the <laughs> well, best. Thank you. I made up that one. Yeah. I also like Mr. Dink's uh, Music Tron Five Thousand. Just one of my favorite things about the show. All his little gadgets. Yeah, he, I, he would definitely have that. Yeah. Um, no, it's a, that was a great episode. It felt. Um, Joey's analyzing the script. <laughs> <laughs> He's pouring over. And I'm not exaggerating. He is looking at all the, the fine points of Andrew's uh, piece of paper. No, it had it had a like the right vibe. Uh, it felt like a natural continuation of a Garage Band without being uh, like a repeating of Garage yeah. Band. Good, uh, pork, chop Good pork chop moments. Good pork chop moments. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Good good incorporation of characters. Not a lot of Patty. No, which I, that which didn't I occur to me, but mm. you know, I. Yeah. I couldn't resist in mind, and I think it's probably the weak spot of my episode. Mm. It's like it doesn't fit, actually. Hmm. Uh, I mean, that the ending, though, I think is really the strength of, like, the a way to, to really land it where, like, he doesn't get what he wants, but it ends up being okay anyway. Like, that's yeah. the Doug way. That right. was, like, my ace in the hole when I was starting to do this. I was like, I came up with that direction for the end first. So I was like, I gotta get there somehow. Yeah, and they get a whole summer without Ron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, huge benefit. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, very nice job. Thank you. Honker like, burger is like popping off. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't get the honker burger in there. I might have had I thought of it. It's implied but... in the end. We're all <laughs> celebrating the honker burger. All right. Well, Chris, uh, okay. what do we got here? All right. <clears throat> what, do we, what, do we, what do we call this uh, opus? I'll get there. <laughs> Dear Journal, <laughs> do you ever find yourself in a position where you're not sure who to trust or what to trust? When you're not sure what to do? Lately, I've been feeling that way, caught between facing up to a hard truth and feeling like a complete psycho. And here... Oh, good. That was good. Doug's head spins smaller and smaller against a green and black swirling vortex. It all started last week when I started having those dreams. And then here's the real opening. Doug's in a fantasy. We're at the Deja Vu Recycling Center, the workplace of Doug's mom. Doug's mom, Mm. Theta, is waiting outside. It's raining outside, and Doug rides past on his bike. Up pulls a minivan driven by none other than Assistant Vice Principal <laughs> Lamar Bone. <laughs> Lamar Bone. 
he gets out and opens the front door for Theta. We see that the back seat is full of four little Lamar bone looking babies. As she gets in the car. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so bad. Right. As she gets in the car, Bone notices Doug approaching the car. There, there ain't nothing funny about this funny. <laughs> <laughs> and he zooms off, splashing Doug with a puddle. His mom smiling and waving as they drive away. Doug wakes up in a sweat, his alarm blaring. The beats are playing in the background. I'm tired all the time. <laughs> yeah, my eyes are numb. But in the sleep of death, what dreams may come? I'm staying awake for love. Drifting away from the truth. Maybe I'll write you a letter. Because I keep shutting my eyes on you. <laughs> I miss their early stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Doug thinks as he jumps into the shower. <laughs> Wait, Doug thought that? Or I thought you were saying that. <laughs> While carefully and boringly shampooing each of his eight wiry hairs. <laughs> we see Porkchop in a pink bath cap, scrubbing his back with a long foamy brush. He looks healthy. <laughs> That's the third dream I've had about Mr. Bone this week, Porkchop, Doug says. I've got to get that creep out of my head. Porkchop barks knowingly. I don't know what to do. I know it's silly, but what if my dreams are trying to tell me something? Flash to title. <laughs> da, 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 da. I actually skipped that before. It was supposed to come before. This is called Doug's Bad Dream. It was supposed to come before his dream. Uh, so back, cut back to the action here. I don't know what to do. I know it's silly, but my dreams... I think my dreams are trying to tell me something. Porkchop tries to imitate a zombie, but Doug can't quite make out what he's doing. Just then, out of the bathroom window, Doug sees his dad packing the car. Hmm, that's strange, Doug wonders, continuing to watch through the window. After a few seconds, Phil Funny backs out of the driveway in a, in a clear hurry. Cut to Doug downstairs, eating his Squareos cereal. <laughs> he wonders aloud where everyone is. Out of the corner of his eye, he notices a cassette tape called Yodeling for Love laying out in front of the toaster. <laughs> the bread next to the toaster is open. Just then, Judy enters, looking cool as hell. <laughs> she spins around the room as if in a trance. As if performing on stage, she says to him, Dougie, one may smile and smile, little brother, and yet be a villain. Doug ignores her. He has no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> she sashays out the door. Doug's mom enters the room. As usual, she is munching on peanut butter toast. With a crunchy mouthful, she asks Doug, Where is your father? I don't know. I saw him leave in a hurry this morning. Oh, God. Dita replies. Good? Doug thinks. Why would she be happy that his dad left? On the school bus... Doug is a confused mess. <laughs> I've been having these weird dreams, Skeet, he says to his best friend. I feel like I'm going crazy. Sounds neat, Doug, <laughs> Skeeter replies. I love how weird my brain can get. <laughs> Sometime I eat as much ice cream as I can right before bed to see if I can make it to the North Pole in my dreams. <laughs> Alan Moo. Drop that theme. <laughs> Our eavesdropping from the seat behind. 
These little rapscallions tell Doug that dream interpretation has been an important knowledge acquisition technique for millennia. <laughs> They've been working on a hypnosis machine at home and invite Doug over to take it for a spin. Doug, characteristically unable to get outside his own head, whirls up another fantasy rather than answer them. It's Quail Man versus the Demented Dream Fairy. The Dream Fairy, an awkward man dressed in black leather with eyeliner and a giant dream staff, has captured Mr. Funny. It's up to Quail Man to save him. Someone shakes Doug awake. It's the, it's the school bus driver. Doug didn't notice that they were already at school. He looks at his watch and realizes he's five minutes late to homeroom oh already. Not good. <laughs> Not episode good. in itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Running late to class, he runs into assistant principal Lamar Bone. <laughs> and his books go flying. Well, funny! I know you know the rule book not note enough you're breaking rules 38, 113, and 287 right now. Run into class all higgledy-piggledy. <laughs> That's a really good Lamar Bone. <laughs> I have to say, like, no, I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uncharacteristically, Mr. Bone lets him off the hook without punishment. It seems like you're going through a, something of a tough time, he tells Doug quietly in his way. Cut to the classroom. Ms. Wingo is teaching a poem to the class. Doug sneaks into the back of the class, mostly unnoticed. Patty notices that there's something up with Doug, though. Oh, I'll let Doug answer this one, Patty says. He loves poetry. Leave me alone, Patty, Doug whispers. Patty's face turns bright red. When Mrs. Wingo calls on Doug for the answer, Doug says, I, 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 I don't know. He stammers. He puts his head down. Class moves on. Doug looks around the room to see if anyone realizes how embarrassing of a human he is. He is greeted by Chalky's self-satisfied smirk. <laughs> his letterman's jacket framing his lithe teen shoulders. This guy has it all, Doug thinks. And I'm just the biggest doofus on the planet. At lunch, we hear an announcement over the PA. It's Bone. An in order to increase turnout to the upcoming fundraiser for the recycling center at the Hockerberger headquarters in Bloatsburg, there will be a talent show and everyone is expected to participate. Roger says, You hear that, funny? You'll be able to show the whole town what a loser you are. <laughs> Back in class, we, we get another PA announcement from Bone, asking Doug to come down to the office immediately. He's to see Principal Butt Savage. Uh, a Butt Savage appearance. <laughs> or is there? There, mu there may not be. <laughs> okay. Doug arrives, and to his surprise, Butt Savage is missing. But Judy's there. Butt Savage apparently tells Bone that he has nominated the two of them to MC the talent show portion of the fundraiser down at the Bluffsburg Honkerburger. You mean work with Judy? Doug complains, <laughs> complainingly. Oh, I'll find something for you to do, bro. Perhaps you can just work the curtains, Judy coolly retorts. As the two siblings walk back to class, Doug breaks down in a moment of weakness and confesses to his sister that he thinks there might be something going on between Mr. Bone and their mom. <laughs> he tells her about the weird dreams he's been having, how strangely nice Mr. Bone has been to him lately, and that he saw their dad leaving in a hurry with his car packed that morning. Oh my god, this is perfect, Judy says. We'll write a play. 
you'll be Bone and I'll be Mom and, and Porkchop will be Dad. This will be my masterpiece. If all the world's a stage, we can see who's really acting and who's got something to hide. I don't get it, Doug says, which is to be expected. Doug rarely understands anything. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch them, and if they act weird, we'll know the truth, Judy exclaims. Oh, says Doug. Later that night, Doug receives a phone call from Patty. She wants to see if he's okay. Doug is wild with manic exasperation. Is everything okay? Sure, everything's a-okay, Patty. Sure, I'm just curious why my mom's been so weird and where my dad is and why Mr. Bone keeps showing up everywhere. Are you going to help me fix this or not? Oh, no, I'm sorry, Doug. I was just asking to see if you wanted to do a duet for the talent show with me, but it seems like you've got a lot going on right now. I'll see you tomorrow at school. <laughs> nah, not a great accent. Uh, not bad. <laughs> Doug feels awful. What have I done? He thinks. That wasn't Patty's fault. Did I just totally blow it forever with Patty mayonnaise? He goes to bed sullen. <laughs> Over the next few days, Doug rehearses every day after school with Judy. The play called The Mousetrap concerns Judy overseeing Doug and Moo, who has replaced Porkchop to play the play's third, running, uh, plotting to run away together. Though Judy catches them right as they make their escape and dramatically kills them and then herself on stage. <laughs> she explains that if Doug is right, Mr. Bone will surely freak out at just this moment. Doug finds this all a bit over the top, but remains on board. He recruits, he recruits Skeeter to watch Mr. Bone during the play, but doesn't explain why. We flash forward to the event itself, the big recycling fundraiser. The whole town is there. Not to mention all of Bloatsburg. <laughs> Doug sees Patty, though ignores her when, she, when he tries to say hi. Though she ignores him when he tries to say hi. Doug notices the stuff he saw in his dad's car was actually neatly lined up on a table for auction. Maybe he had this whole thing wrong. Maybe he was just going crazy. During the play, Doug's parents sit next to each other. Doug and Moo act their little hearts out, but at the big climactic moment, Judy flips the lights down at the Honker Burger and begins what appears to be a very abstract dance sequence. It is all very cool. Judy finishes with some sort of strange homage to the rainforest. The sizable crowd appears confused. Backstage, Judy enters, skull in hand. Cue the flute music. Her shade's extra cool and extra glossy. There's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so, Dougie. And that's the end of the episode. Wow. <laughs> what? Wait. I thought for sure he was going to wake up and this is going to be a dream or something. like, And that it was going to turn out that... Uh, maybe it was. <laughs> could be. Maybe uh, there's an Wait, affair. Wait, so we don't... We, yeah, we don't learn anything about what is actually happening between Lamar and Tita? That's correct. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> There's a tail for our time. Uh, uh, very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> heavy Doug material. Though I feel like semi almost appropriate for Doug. Like just over the line, but not too far <laughs> over the line, really. Yeah, huge portions worked. Uh, particularly, like, <laughs> <laughs> and particularly like the dream sequence stuff I thought was really yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, I loved all the stuff at the school. Um, yes, I just can't imagine them ending an episode. <laughs> that way. Well, if it's not clear, this is uh, 
very much a retelling of Hamlet mm. uh, for Doug. I've, I've always seen Doug as kind of like a Hamlet kind of figure. Like he, mm. he struck his struggle as the modern cartoon character is not one of like right versus wrong, but like action versus inaction. Mm. Like, should I even do anything? Like he's just caught in his, it's like an internal conflict instead of an external conflict. I've always saw Doug that way. And so, uh, that was the only idea I had was to try and turn well, Doug. It's a very into <laughs> pretty that's deep Doug idea. Very deep. I'm, uh, very deep. I'm happy you explained it to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked that, uh, they were doing it for the recycling, uh, Fundraiser, a recycle. <laughs> just the idea of a recycling fundraiser sounds very like does. Like, exactly. <laughs> Let's raise money for recycling in Bloodsburg. Yeah. In Bloodsburg. Well, that's how they knew they were going to get the big crowd. Yeah. yeah. And the whole play. I just wanted Bloodsburg to be part of. That. <laughs> I could sense that. Uh, uh, love Judy. Love yes. any inclusion of Judy. You Judy's clearly the coolest. Like Judy. Yeah. <laughs> and your descriptions were uh, very Chris, which I appreciate, <laughs> rather than describing things as a Doug episode. Yeah, yeah. You, you let Doug have it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, how did you describe it? His eight boring hairs. <laughs> <laughs> boring, wiry hairs. <laughs> and yes, I, I counted them. Yeah. That's a good uh, trivia fact. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, you really did nail Judy, though, like. Of all the characters, that was the one that felt the most true to oh, me. To I don't character. know. I thought Mr. Bone was. Oh, the Mr. Right Bone was good as well. Yeah. Really good as well. I love uh, Mr. And Bone. And the voice is yes. very, very nice. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I don't know what to do here. My Judy and Patty, uh, yeah, I don't know what to worry. Uh, are you going to go voices? I don't know. I got some Hong Kongs. <laughs> Only time will tell. Um, all right. Let's hear it. Wow. Well, I do like that you waited to reveal your title until the appropriate moment, so <laughs> I, I may follow that uh, That's model. what I meant to do, and obviously it came way too late. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, my episode does not start with a dear journal, but um, the episode starts with Doug and Porkchop rocking out to the beats in his bedroom. The radio is playing a brand new song called Double Trouble. The phone rings and Doug runs and grabs it. Go to split screen and we see Skeeter calling. Doug says, funny residence. Hey Doug. Uh, a bunch of us are headed over to the <laughs> A bunch of us are headed over to the Honker Burger. Wanna meet up? Uh, says Skeeter. Uh, sure, who's all going? Skeeter says Chalky, BB, Roger, Al, Moo, and uh, oh yeah, Patty. Doug brightens up. Oh, um yeah, sure. I'll see you soon. Doug hangs up and looks in the mirror, straightens his shirt, combs his hair over, and asks Porkchop how he looks. Porkchop shrugs. Fade to Doug walking through the Honker Burger parking lot and into the doors where we hear that great Honker Burger music playing. As Doug looks over at his friends, there seems to be a buzz in the air. There's a huddle around a table. People are laughing and talking excitedly. Doug walks over and taps Skeeter on the shoulder and says, Hey, what's up, man? Skeeter turns around and seems shocked to see Doug. Skeeter moves his face back and forth from Doug to another person, seeming seeming surprised. Whoa. Hey, Doug. So, uh, you're never gonna believe this. Believe what, Doug asks. Skeeter looks across the booth. Sitting across from him is a boy who looks and sounds almost exactly like Doug. Yes! Ex- <laughs> except he has a more purple tint. I love it. <laughs> Doug looks horrified. Who, who, who is this? The new kid looks up and sees Doug and introduces himself. Hey, my name's Doug. 
What's your name? <laughs> Doug gulps as as his friends <laughs> as his friends <laughs> as his friends fawn over the new Doug. Cut to the Doug in the white room intro. Doug walks in, turns on the light, smiles. Uh, Doug smiles and points at the wall where Porkchop runs and paints Doug's double on the wall. Doug angrily goes to grab the paintbrush, but Porkchop quickly draws a mustache on Doug and turns off the light. (laughs) (laughs) The episode goes back in. We have a Doug narration. I couldn't believe my eyes. The new kid (laughs) sounded, looked, and even kind of dressed like me. Plus, my friends seemed to love him. And oh yeah, his name was Doug. Doug clears his throat. Uh, Hi, yeah. Moose Leech. (laughs) Moose Leech moves near Doug. Weird, isn't it, Doug? (laughs) (laughs) Doug Doug's trying to play it cool and says, "Uh, What do you you mean? I mean, he looks exactly like you. Al Sleech moves to the other <laughs> s- to the other side of Doug, so he's pinned in between the Sleeches. Al says yes, and he's much more likable than you, Doug. Much more likable. <laughs> Doug sees Patty looking at the new Doug. She seems to be enamored. Oof. Doug turns pale. Roger puts his arm around Doug and cackles. Looks like you got competition, funny. Skeeter sees that Doug looks stressed and asks Doug if he's okay. Doug stammers and says he has to. Rem- he remembers that he has to do something at home, and he bolts. We fade to Doug walking in the front door of his house, visibly upset. He notices it's very quiet and starts looking around. Mom? Dad? He looks around, but no one's home. He walks into the kitchen, and he sees his parents at the table, backs to him. Mom? Dad? They turn around, but now they have Doug's face and voice. <laughs> Hi, son. <laughs> Doug screams and runs up the stairs, but at the top of the stairs is Judy, but with Doug's face. (laughs) What? (laughs) What's the problem? (laughs) What's the problem, Dougie? As she points and laughs. Doug runs into his room and slams his door. He plops on the bed, breathing heavily. He feels Porkchop lick him. He looks, and even even Porkchop has Doug's face, (laughs) but still barks. As Porkchop barks, Doug comes back to reality and out of a dream sequence, panting on his bed. Oh man, what am I going to do? Doug is going to ruin my life. It cuts to the next day at school. Doug is at his locker when Skeeter comes up. What's up, Doug? Uh, Doug sharply replies, do you even know which Doug you're talking to? Aw, come on, man. It's not so bad. He said he's only visiting his aunt and uncle in Bluffington for a couple of days. Then he'll be out of your hair. Doug reluctantly. Yeah, okay. Do you know if he came to school? Skeeter says, yep, but you probably won't even see him. Skeeter and Doug walk into the cafeteria where a huge group of kids are gathered around the new Doug. <laughs> we see new we see new Doug doing a cool magic trick, and kids go crazy with applause. <laughs> Doug puffs. Pfft, he didn't even say Vinny Vidi Vici. Patty comes over. Hey, guys. Doug brightens up. Oh, uh, hiya, Patty. Have you met the new kid, she asks? Doug rolls his eyes. Yeah. Patty, oh, isn't he just the best? I hate to say it, but I think I have a little crush on him, she giggles. <sighs> Doug blurts Doug blurts out, what? On him? Oh, come on, Patty, he's not even that interesting. He actually seems kind of lame to me. Patty, jeesh, what got, what got you all upset, Doug? Doug tries to calm himself down. Nothing, he just doesn't seem that great to me. BB comes over, and she gushes about the new Doug as well, as Doug turns beet red. We hear Doug's inner monologue. How could a kid who was in Bluffington for just a couple of days already be so well-liked? What's so special about him? 
we see Fentruck laughing so hard at something New Doug says that milk squirts out his nose. <laughs> the scene transitions to Doug walking down the school hall and peeking into the AV room. Inside, he sees Elmo, Al, and Moo tinkering with electronics. Doug opens the door and asks, asks if he can talk to Al and Moo. Elmo stops and thinks. This is highly irregular, Doug. Doug stares. Elmo. Hmm, okay, I'll allow it. Al, Moo, you have two minutes to talk to Doug funny. Elmo leaves. Hey guys, Doug says. Uh, um. Al says, how can we help you, Doug funny? I was just wondering how you get used to having a twin. Moo says, ah yes, the new Doug. He's very <laughs> charming. Better looking, funnier, more talented, really likable in every way. Doug says, yeah, I get it, I get it. Al says, you just get used to it, Doug. You get used to having a twin. Moo says, maybe he'll be your best friend like Al is for, for myself. Doug thinks. It cuts to a, se a dream sequence where he and Doug are playing basketball, playing air guitar to the beats, eating at the Honker Burger, watching TV and laughing and having fun. Cuts back to Doug. Yeah, maybe we're just meant to be friends. Al. Hmm, I highly doubt it, but good luck, Doug. <laughs> Right as Doug's leaving school, he sees the new Doug get into a car. The car has a satellite on top that is spinning around in tinted windows. Doug thinks it's peculiar, and we cut to another fantasy sequence. New Doug is in an underground government office with men and women in suits rushing around. A large agent with sunglasses hands the new Doug a file folder that says Doug Funny on it. As <laughs> new Doug opens the folder, we see a piece of paper, and it says, Number one, steal best friends. Number two, date Patty Mayonnaise. Number three, destroy Doug Funny. Yes. Number, number four, buy a dog and name it Porkchop. That the, selfish Doug. <laughs> that agent tells New Doug to infiltrate Bluffington and bring down Doug Funny by any means necessary. New Doug lets out an evil laugh as it swirls back to Doug walking home. Doug walks by Mr. Dinksyard. He's in the backyard tinkering with his grill. He sees Doug and calls out, Well, hey there, Douglas. Doug waves. Mr. Dink asks if Doug has a moment to see something very cool, and Doug <laughs> agrees. Doug walks into Mr. Dink's living room, where to his surprise he sees Mrs. Dink and who else but the new Doug sitting on the couch. <laughs> new Doug looks very bored. New Doug, or I'm sorry, Mr. Dink laughs. Douglas, this is my nephew, Douglas Dink. Nephew, <laughs> nephew Doug screeches. Mr. Dink la laughs. Yep, he's my brother's son. New Doug cuts in. We've met Uncle Bud. That's Doug funny. Mr. Dink. Well, uh, great then. Why don't you two hang out? Doug has another dr dream sequence, but this time it's New Doug and himself playing basketball. New Doug keeps swishing shots and dunking over Doug as Patty goes nuts for New Doug. She ho she's holding up a sign that reads, New Doug is the best Doug. Enchanting, <laughs> New Doug, New Doug, New Doug. Uh, cut back to the... Cut back to the living room. Tippy Dink says she thinks it would be a great idea. Doug reluctantly agrees to have new Doug come over. We see them sitting on Doug's couch, sitting awkwardly, not talking. Judy stands in the living room doorway, staring at them. This is bizarre, she mutters. Utterly bizarre. F finally, new Doug breaks the silence. So, um, do you like video games? Doug perks up. Yeah, I guess. Doug Dink asks if he's ever played Space Monks, and Doug smiles. We see the two playing Space Monks for, for a home system, laughing and competing. As the time passes, they look worn out. Doug asks Doug Dink if he wants to stay for dinner. Dink enthusiastically agrees. 
They eat pizza and soda. And as they eat, Doug Ding tells Doug how boring it's been over at his aunt and uncle's house. Doug says he can't believe he never knew that he existed. Doug Dink shrugs and says that says how weird his aunt and uncle are. The two boys then run upstairs to Doug, Doug's room. Doug pulls a tape from his drawer. He asks New Doug if he likes the beats. New Doug says, like? I love the beats. Doug puts in the tape and he says, get ready for this. The song starts playing. New Doug asks what the song is and Doug says it's their new single, Double Trouble. <laughs> Doug turns it up, and the two start air guitaring and dancing around the room. We see Porkchop put a pillow over his head from the noise, and he groans. We see Doug, we, we see both Dougs working on a magic tricks together, and then it fades to Doug, the Dougs back on the couch. They're eating chips in the dark and watching what sounds like a scary movie. Both look tense. We hear corny dialogue and music on the TV, and then someone on the TV screams, and so do both Dougs. As they shriek, they also begin to laugh. After a while, Doug Dink tells Doug how much fun it's been hanging out with him, and Doug agrees. Dink says it's time that he better get home. There's a sentimental moment where the two try to figure out how to say goodbye to each other. They kind of do a part high five that turns into a weird handshake that turns into a kind of a hug. The next day at school, Skeeter sees Doug and runs up. Doug immediately asks Skeeter if he's seen the new Doug. Skeeter says, not this again, just forget it, Doug. Doug runs to the cafeteria, but everything is normal. He looks around frantically. Fentruck, Patty, BB, Chalky, all eating and talking casually. Where's Doug? Doug asks. Skeeter pats Doug on the back and says, Well, you're probably glad, glad right? Glad why? Doug asks. Doug went back home to Newcomberg. Doug looks sad. Aren't you happy? Skeeter asks. Doug tells Skeeter, I actually was hoping he'd stay. Skeeter seems confused. Well, uh, you still got me, honk honk. Uh, Doug smiles. Yeah, I know, Skeeter. Doug pats Skeeter on the back. It fades to Doug looking over Mr. Dink's fence. Mr. Dink, he asks, Yes, Douglas? Is Doug ever coming back? Hmm, let me check my calendar. Mr. Dink's wristwatch makes all sorts of weird noises, and then a small piece of paper pops out from the watch. Well, Douglas, if my calculations are correct, he'll be back in four months, six days, and 24 minutes and 27 seconds. He laughs. Doug laughs. Thanks, Mr. Dink. It fades to Doug sitting at his desk writing in his journal. Dear Journal, This week I took a look in the mirror and learned something about myself. I learned that sometimes I'm too quick to judge a book by its cover, even when that cover looks exactly like me. I found that what seemed like the worst thing actually turned into a great thing, and that even though friendship can be fleeting, it's friendship all the same. The camera pulls out from the funny house. We see the silhouette of Doug at his desk, and then we see Porkchop's silhouette with a tape in his hands. Doug yells, hey, give that back, give that back, as they chase each other around the room. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can I be writing a new Game of Thrones? <laughs> uh, that, yeah, good one. Um, I thought, uh, I was very surprised that the doppelganger Doug ended up being, like, a real person. thought for oh. sure this was going to somehow be, like, a robot or something that somebody built. <laughs> Uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I like that concept maybe more. Um, uh, I but... thought that was just like no. the obvious thing. It seemed like to me, but so I liked this better. Um, I loved, I loved the reversal. That was, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hates him, and, and, and he loves him. There's no other way to do it. <laughs> you can't just hate him. I kind of, I kind of went with the whole dark. I didn't, I didn't. I have the reversal in my story. A yeah. uh, lot of characters. I yeah. This. 
Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, I really liked the one Doug uh, in his head with the list of things that the other Doug's doing. That felt like a real Doug. That was thing. also my like, favorite moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The the government file. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was that was so on point. Like Doug's selfish brain that all he could think of <laughs> is that this guy must be trying to ruin his life. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was once, perfect. I really struggle with it, but once I thought doppelganger, I'm like, this seems like a like a perfect Doug selfish like this is about me type of thing. Yeah, he learns that it's and, not, right. or it is, but it's okay. <laughs> it's a little both. Yeah. yeah, and that is a great Doug insecurity. Just the idea of another Doug. It's like an ultimate Doug. <laughs> like, what would he do in this situation? Yeah. Well, similar to when ever whenever was wearing Doug's clothes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Doug's in Vogue. Doug's yeah, it's in... like taking that to like. The highest yeah, degree, yeah. pretty much. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I but... love the chant of "New Doug." <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah. Just a great chant. Also, very hard to write with so many Dugs like phrasing it, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a real effort. Uh, just... It felt like it could have been Doug episode. Like it felt within Doug's realm realm of weirdness. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, pushing the boundaries of it, but I still feel like I could have almost seen this as a real episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, three, I thought, really good stories. Yeah. Uh, Doug Rocks Out, Doug's Bad Dream, and Doug's Double. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good succinct titles, too. Oh, yeah, your <laughs> title Kevin. sequence was good, too. Really good. Oh, I, oh yeah. I, I'm sure the mustache thing had happened, but I wasn't going to do that Maybe. research. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It might be just too obvious to have happened. Mm. Oh, and uh, everybody with Doug's face was a oh yeah or at his house. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, good nightmare sequence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you guys think of the music that you wanted, like that you were imagining, or like the sound effects you were imagining? Yeah. In your episodes. Yeah. A little bit. Um, I started trying to see if I could like write a version of Doug's double as you did with your episode. Oh, I should have mentioned that. Yeah, your beat song was good. Oh yeah. Yeah, I yeah, want to hear you good. guys both really also had beat songs <laughs> and I want to I want to know what they are. I want to hear yeah. more about them. I don't know if I record it. It'd be a lot of it'd be time consuming, but uh yeah, I love the idea of orig- like new original yeah, content for Doug. Well, one of the lines it was built around a line of Hamlet. Uh, from uh, from mine. so like I, it was the the like the what dreams may come mm, yeah. line is a famous line from Hamlet. So your your episode might benefit from like repeat listens. I think yours is like the intellectual version of Doug. As as all my best <laughs> content is it benefits from repeat listens. That's that's how Well, if we ever write cat dog, I I'd, I'd love yeah. to see what you could do with cat. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my cop. I was like, okay, you might have thought this sucked the first time, but like just listen to it or read it like five times and then maybe and then go read hamlet and then maybe you'll like it yeah no i thought it was really good that it was <laughs> just like very complex like more complex than i was expecting in a doug episode which was good all right all right all right i want to hear your i, I want to hear your putting beat it down <laughs> i actually like very carefully was trying to not have to do that because i <laughs> thought it would be too hard the- they're, those beat songs are very good. It's yeah, impossible to top them. Yeah, they are very good. Yeah, um, It's my understanding that we have some YouTube comments. Oh, yeah, I've got a YouTube comment. 
so um, I had emailed Big Orange Couch just for the sake of future editing the uh, Alan Moo Sleech theme song is on YouTube. Yeah. So I emailed you guys that <laughs> in case you wanted to use it during editing. And on that video, Space Pimp Kevin says, Someone once told me that if they were ever going to kill people, it would be to this song. <laughs> oh, man. And that is, you can hear it behind us right now. Just such a great song. <laughs> what a weird thing to say, too. Wow. Yeah. That's like that's, that's something you might intense. want to report to the police. <laughs> how do you know how old that comment was? No, shit. Uh, that's pretty good though. Uh, well, uh, that's good. Uh, we also love hearing from you guys. Uh, we we have a ton of stuff to catch up on. We'll just do a couple of them today. Um, the first one I just love, which is from Hannah, and I told you guys about this one. She says, hey guys, my name is Hannah, and I've been watching you guys since about June of 2017. Oh, by the way, I didn't mention, but this is technically our two-year anniversary of this episode. Uh, uh, so we've been around oh. two years now. Hey, oh. kind of crazy. Wish you would have told me. <laughs> bought, brought nicer beer. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so she's been uh, with us for about uh, almost two years. Um, and she was wondering, what do you guys really look like? I would really like to see pictures of Joey, Andrew, Chris, and Melissa. Since I've wa- since I've listened to you guys, I've I've had no visuals of what you guys really look like, so I make stuff up in my head. Now I imagine Joey to look like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Eer- eerily similar. Dead on. Uh- <laughs> That's why I have such ill regard for Bradley Cooper because I have to stare at his face all the time. <laughs> yeah, you do hate Bradley Cooper. <laughs> um, she said uh, Andrew, she thinks, looks like um, Zach Cornfield, who is a guy from BuzzFeed and Try Guys. Um, and it's... A.K.A. a big nerd. <laughs> <laughs> if you look up a picture of him, it's... Um, you have glasses. Yeah, I do have glasses. They and, both have glasses. And, um, I mean... Uh, Andrew looks like 250% cooler than that guy. <laughs> oh, yes, thanks. yes, much yeah. cooler than that guy. Um, so that that's who she thinks Andrew looks like. She says she thinks Chris probably looks like Chris Reinecker, uh, who's also a guy from BuzzFeed. And I, we, we share our first name. You know, there's a little bit there, maybe? Both got eyes. I like the, uh, <laughs> his facial expression. Yeah, seriously. Makes me think of Chris a little. Like he's... An... If he had heavier eyebrows, maybe? And some facial hair? Uh, yeah, I've got heavier eyebrows and some facial hair. <laughs> something, something I, a little bit. Like, imagine that guy is, except he is evil. <laughs> That's pretty good. The evil version <laughs> of this guy. Yeah. Like the Wario version. <laughs> <laughs> and she says she... <laughs> This is the best. Uh, she thinks <laughs> Melissa might look like Kristen Shaw from Bob's Love Burgers, uh, Flight of the Concords, Mabel from Gravity Falls. That is not true at all. <laughs> they both have. I think it's they have cartoon ready voices. Like Melissa yeah. could be a cartoon could be a cartoon character. Yeah. Voice. Not her as a person. Melissa. Not you as a person. She's animated. She's, she's animated. Yeah. yeah. She's she, very animated. Like yeah, it's, it's a fun voice to listen to. And a big personality. Yeah. But she does not look like Kristen Shaw. I love Kristen Shaw. Me too. Oof. She's really cool. Just one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, uh, as much as I'm imagining all these random people sitting around talking about 90s Nick, I would actually like to know the mystery of what you guys 
look like uh, by blowholes. So that was from <laughs> that was from Hannah. Um, I don't know if nice. that, that's probably yeah. Thank you. Um, I love that you sent the pictures that oh, helped yeah, us yeah, visualize. Love it. <laughs> I will say the most accurate that I've seen because this isn't the first time that someone has tried to imagine what you guys look like. Uh, and the most accurate one was grown up Tommy and Chucky. Uh, or no, grown up Doug and Chucky. Grown up Doug and Chucky. Yeah. yeah. It's like Doug with a baseball head on and kind of like a uh, five o'clock shadow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> which that, is me. <laughs> yes. Right. Which is definitely Joey and grown up Chucky, which is definitely Andrew. I, whoever, I think the person who did that had no idea <laughs> how accurate that they were. Yeah. That's, that's where you that you want to, that's the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. Thank you, Hannah. Uh, always very nice to hear from you. But Joey's saying he's, he will not show his face. I'm just gonna tell you right now. You, you, no one who listens to the show will ever see Joey's face. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we're both pretty secretive. Yeah. I don't. It doesn't know. seem like a thing that I, you know, putting my face out there. Yeah, it doesn't seem it doesn't like beneficial. Me or Do you think it would actually enhance the podcast for people to know what we look like? Hmm. No, I, don't, I mean. Not everything's about enhancing the podcast. It's about but stating you know, curiosity. No, 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 no. But you know what I mean. Like, would it affect the l- listening? Joey's just about the bottom line. <laughs> the numbers. No. Are no. the numbers going to go up? No. I listen to a podcast where I know what absolutely one of the people look like and no idea what the other person looks like. And there's no way to find pit photos of this person. Uh, and it, I kind of like the fact that I don't know. Yes, hmm. but the I think... The, the, the point before this is that you obviously have scoured the internet to find photos of this person if you're sure that you can't find them. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. So the point is, I think when you, li- I'm the same way. When I the podcast that I listen to a lot, I have a natural curiosity to know what the people look like. Yeah, I it's, get it. It's not gonna, but curiosity. It's not gonna the bump cat. up the numbers here. <laughs> no, Joey. I'm just saying it killed the cat. Okay, so. So, grown-up Doug and grown-up Chucky. There you go. Live off that. And Melissa <laughs> is like some form of Amanda Angelica? Bynes. Amanda meets Angelica? Hmm. Uh, I, Amanda's a pretty good... Um, Amanda is kind pretty, of a pretty close. Good basis. Yeah, and we can tell. I mean, she like loved... Yeah, loved... Yeah. She's, she's but there's, a Yeah, there's something there. Yeah, that's pretty close. But I think... Um, if I may, if, if someone would like to write in with what they think, Kevin, Max, yep, hmm. Bobby, Alex, Bobby, Alex, Jason, Jason, I want to hear yeah, all of them. That would be interesting. That's yeah, Brett. <laughs> Brett. <laughs> how, how do we forget Brett? Yeah, I want to. I definitely want to hear what you think Brett looks like. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Um. For sure. Anybody who's been on the show, feel free to. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Send yeah. us pictures of what <laughs> you think people that. look like. <laughs> my new favorite game (laughs) uh well our next one is from ethan he says hey guys i'm so glad you're finally discussing cousin skeeter (laughs) 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 i know you guys aren't really fans of the show but i personally love it back when it was still on i couldn't wait for new episodes to air while many people find it absurd and cheaply executed i actually think that adds to the charm the ridiculousness of Skeeter being a puppet is hilarious. Agreed. In the show, no one bats an eye at this fact. Instead, it's Skeeter's unusual behavior that the other characters can never seem to understand. Not the fact that he's not an actual human. 
I've always felt that the writers and show creators were actually on an entirely different level than people thought them to be. <laughs> I think they knew that they were creating a show with a completely ridiculous premise, meanwhile laughing along with the few audience members who were in on the joke. The feminine Miss Skeet isn't necessarily the best episode of the show, but Uncle Andre's obliviousness to Skeetia's actual identity further punctuates the premise that the show is based on. It's not the funniest episode, but it's definitely snubbing its nose at the typical TV trope of people not recognizing the main character dressed up in drag. What are the chances that there is another puppet in this universe who talks exactly like Skeeter and even has a similar name? Skeeter barely tries to hide his voice and his looks. Still no one notices. It appears to take itself seriously, which better hides the satire. I hope you guys dig deeper into the show eventually and get to some other episodes. For nope. now, I'm happy with this <laughs> nope, one. Nope, nope, nope. Keep up the amazing work, <laughs> your friend Ethan. Very Wait, nice is that the Ethan? Ethan? <laughs> the Ethan, yeah, that's the Ethan. The Ethan is a is a closet uh, Skeeter Skeeterhead. Yeah, I guess so. I did not see that coming. I'll, you although and Ethan. Ethan, I mean, I I too have a soft spot. <laughs> Ethan, if you like Cousin Skeeter, you're, you're going to love Lancelot Link's secret <laughs> Talk about being on another level. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> well, that seems like a good pausing point for the week. I just, uh, we got a lot of emails about Cousin Skeeter. We'll, we'll get really? To, yeah, we did. We got like at least four more, but uh, we'll, we'll get to them at some point. Um, all, all in favor of um, a couple of them saying that this was a particularly not a very good episode, mm. but uh, that they like Cousin Skeeter. You and I have already mentioned this a couple times, but I don't think we're just like very eager to revisit stuff we don't like yeah. that much. Uh, yeah. I want to be a part I, of Skeeter. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, oh, you should just do like your own solo episode. No, no, that would be amazing. <laughs> no. If it was just no. you. No. Talking Skeeter? No, like Kenny, no one, Kenny's corner style. I feel there are only a few Kennys in this world. That's true. That's true. And you're not one of them. I'm not one of them. Okay. I think you might be able to find a Skeeter episode that's good. Like, what's a Skeeter episode that you really like, maybe? Yes, that but. You might be able to. I think talk this is all true. <laughs> the problem is not me being able to talk. I can talk about anything for any amount of time. That is no problem. The problem is that no one will want to listen to that because I am structurally only effective on the show as a kind of heel, as a kind of heel, uh, <laughs> you know, as as an antagonist. Uh, no, no one wants to listen to Roger Klotz's, you know, podcast. Hmm. Wow, really painting yourself in wow. an yeah. interesting flight. <laughs> the Roger Klotz of the show. Definitely not Roger. No, I'm yeah. the I'm the Pinsky. Let's be uh, real. The Pinsky, yeah. yeah that's, that's a little closer. Accurate. Yeah, that's a little closer. That's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I forgot to mention this at the start of the show. I should probably start getting good at this. Uh, we are now uh, an affiliate. We are we're working with Nickbox, um, uh, yes. which is it's about time you start <laughs> cashing in on this podcast. <laughs> well, for us to cash in, uh, someone has to buy a box. Uh, so, <laughs> oh. uh, the uh, if you're interested in the Nickbox, which is incredible, uh, check them out on Twitter, uh, Instagram. Look at some of the stuff they make. They just make really cool retro collectibles. Yeah. Um, everything from shirts, uh, vinyl, toys. Um, this last box had amazing, like, cool coasters that each had um, Legends of the Hidden Temple symbols on it. 
uh, plus a water glass with Olmec on it, which uh, his eyes change color when you put water in it. They turn red. Wow. Uh, anyway, Nick boxes every like three or four months, uh, and you get some really cool stuff. It's about, I think, $49 to subscribe. Um, and if you use our link, which is on Instagram, and you can find it somewhere on Twitter. If you use our link, uh, you can uh, score some great stuff. They are legitimately cool. Like No, I, the box is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't just a ploy to try to get free Nick boxes. They're like really... <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. But Andrew's trying to get paid, so... Subscribe. <laughs> if you're su- if you're subscribed, unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah. Use our link. Resubscribe. <laughs> That's exactly it. What's As the, the people say, cook the books. <laughs> cook the books. What what do, what do they have to put into the? They don't have to type anything. They just have to use our link. Oh, okay. So that's why if you go to our bio on uh, Instagram or uh, find the our tweet on um, Twitter, you just need to retweet that like twice Pro- a day. Probably more. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I'm, we're get, we're getting the hang of it. We're we're new to this. Ethan, I've heard that there's some Skeeter merch <laughs> coming down the line. I'm not sure that's true. That that'd be amazing though if you open Nick's box and Nick box and the whole thing was just a, a full size Skeeter. <laughs> oh, that would be incredible. Yeah, I do think they need to get on. We talked about it previously. Uh, Kablam, because that's yeah. really easily like you can make those toys. Yeah, that's yeah. like the like the melty guy or something. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah. Maybe like that a would be awesome. Yeah. Some space cases, like glasses that are actually just solid black frames, so you don't have to watch it when it's on TV. <laughs> what? I'm I didn't kidding. realize. Oh, okay. Putting down no. space cases. Are you anti-space cases? <laughs> no, I'm pro space cases. I know <laughs> that there are a lot of um, people who listen who are pro space cases, so I'm more, yeah, teasing them. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I, I I couldn't think of what a good space cases thing would be. Like a wig, a green wig. The rainbow wig, maybe. Yeah. Or the rainbow the wig. Rainbow. Rainbow wig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that wraps up right in episode Doug. Yeah. I was I thoroughly enjoyed those episodes. Yeah. Those oh. are good. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed them too. But what are we doing next time around? Uh, next time we're talking about an episode that I think uh, at least we've been waiting a while to get to. I know there's people um, out there too. Yeah. Uh, we're talking the tale of the ghastly grinner. Yep. You didn't do that yet? Nope. We've, it's come up a few times. Probably, but we on, haven't... probably on list episodes yeah, yeah. it's come up. On um, hmm. favorite villains and favorite episodes. Uh, we'll be joined by Melissa. And she is... She brings it up more yeah, than anybody. She loves it. She loves yeah. this episode. Hmm. Um, it is kind of strange that we haven't gotten to it yet. In fact, um, I'm pretty sure on this, this is only our second Are You Afraid of the Dark episode review. Um, we've only other done 13th Floor. Everything else has been a verses. Man. Um, <laughs> I think we've done four verses, which means eight episodes. Yeah. But uh, it's strange that we haven't done more episodes. That is very weird. Yeah. Well, we try not to step on the toes of Are You Afraid of the Podcast? Yes. A oh, great yeah, podcast yeah. that really does it better than we do. So, uh, um, yeah. Except anyway. next week, suckers. Yeah, except our ghastly grinner is going to be way better than theirs. <laughs> Uh, so that'll be good. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter at BOC Podcast. We're on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us as Hannah and Ethan did at Orange Couch Podcast at gmail.com. You can hear us on iTunes and uh, Podbean. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. That's really helpful. 
Uh, we've gotten a couple more five-star reviews. No comments, but uh, we, we doesn't matter, uh, like like those stars. Uh, so and uh, tell a friend. That's the most helpful thing you could do. Uh, and speaking of friends, Chris, thanks for sharing bad, uh, Doug's bad dream. Yeah. I really yeah. thought you were gonna go maybe down a Twin Peaks road. <laughs> that, that was when my... I heard, when I heard four babies that look like <laughs> Lamar Bone. <laughs> that was my other option, honestly. Yeah, I was gonna go Twin Peaks or like retell some. I kind of still want that. Like I kind of want a Twin Peaks stuff. Well, actually, <laughs> once I got to the end of it, I mean, I wrote most of this between three and five a.m. last night. Uh, I'm like, oh, I could I could get into doing this again. I have some other so I. I would like to do it again. Cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, we'll see you next episode. the time yeah my eyes are numb but in the sleep of death what dreams we have to keep the first yeah, one yeah. No, this I'm whole done. thing <laughs> do, do it better doug's doug wake doug wakes up in a sweat his his alarm blaring the beats are playing in the background